Welcome to Sunshine Symposium, a podcast about various aspects of the Naruto world and story through the lens of the fanfiction Dreaming of Sunshine. If you're here and somehow don't know what Dreaming of Sunshine is, it's a self-insert original character Naruto fanfiction written by Silver Queen, which you can read on fanfiction.net or you can find the podfic and give that a listen. If you don't know what Naruto is, I can't help you. So listeners, fellow fans and dreamers, let's get to it. Welcome to Sunshine Symposium. I'm Jack S. Grayson and I'll be your host. And today I'm joined by Unorganized Shelf. Hello, how you do? Math is Magic. Hey y'all. And Purple Teapot. Have some tea. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about Sadu Tobi Hiruzen. Let's start. Okay, he was terrible. Let's just start with he was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible and the narrative didn't recognize it. That's his biggest sin. Yeah, I think that's the worst thing. Yep. He keeps, he keeps being portrayed as like this kindly old grandpa who was always so heroic. And then you actually look at what he's done and the consequences of what he's done. And you're like, oh, wait. Hmm. To be fair to Kishi, like, he hadn't written most of the Are worst stuff he had done. What? Are we fair? We could be fair if we wanted to be. <laughs> I don't know. I want to be extremely we'll unfair to, be fair. to Kishi. We'll try to be fair. We Guys, guys, we gotta, this is fair and balanced. I gotta, I gotta take a minute to be fair. To be fair, he was still terrible because of everything to do with Naruto and the Hyuga event but all the stuff about like the Uchiha and Danzo like none of that existed when he was still alive in the narrative yeah so oh good point that said I can still hate it in retrospect yeah if you take his alive part I mean what we do see of him is still pretty bad but it's not as like horrendous as like flashback you let someone do what like his alive state he did not seem that bad well, he was still pretty terrible to Naruto. I mean, the fact that Naruto is, like, so attached to this guy when Naruto is being left to eat rotten food and has, like, you know, is being ostracized and so forth and all that kind of thing. Yeah, wasn't his apartment trashed? Like, trashed by a small child trashed, but still. Yeah, it was pretty bad. All I remember is that he had, like, nothing in his pantry except kit, uh, ramen and that he had sour milk in his fridge, and the reason I remember that is because they had an extended gag in the early episodes about him getting sick from drinking that and, like, needing to find bathrooms, and it was... I hope that wasn't in the manga. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make a case for parental neglect, I don't see how it could possibly be clearer. (laughs) And, I mean, the guy he calls Gigi, the guy he calls his grandfather, is the person who is acting as his parent, and that's not okay. Right. Dude, he couldn't even parent his own kids. <laughs> I think with the direction that we're going in, I think we're going on his, um... So Hiruzen has a lot of, I guess, different aspects to him. And I think the one that we're focusing on right now seems to be, like, him as the family man, as the kindly old grandpa. Okay. yeah. Let's start with family. Yeah, so let, we've clearly gone into, like, his lack of relationship with Naruto, like, his lack of support there. Should we go then into his own kids, or do we want to go into the contrasting topic of 
his overcompensation with Konohamaru. I, I think that we could probably, like, dispose of his family pretty fast because there's not much to say. True, they barely turn up. Their wiki pages are basically made out of filler. And we don't even know who Konohamaru's dad is. Or mother, who knows. But probably dad, knowing Kishi. Yeah, always the father. Yeah, because what what do we actually know about Hiruzen's family? We know he was married to Biwako. We know that he had, he had at, at least, least two, two children. One of whom is Asuma. Who hates him. Yeah. And he has at least one, and probably only one, grandson, whom he gave all kinds of special treatment indirectly, even though he said the whole village is supposed to be his family, and I'm fine, I'm not bitter. <laughs> you can be bitter. Like, do we know anything else about his family? Okay, so what we know is that Asuma never talks about either his brother or his mother with Saratobi at any point, never talks about his family to anyone in the show, basically. I'm pretty sure when Asma died, he didn't have any flashbacks or thoughts to any of his actual family, and he was just focused on his students. So that's, that is accurate. That's something right there. And what else do we know about his family? Konohomaru never talks about his grandmother, father, mother, etc. I don't think he even talks about his uncle. So, like, all of this shows us that they're all pretty disconnected from each other. They probably don't like or want to talk to each other all that much. And um the world revolves around the Hokage. They're just his satellites. Pretty much. I'm pretty Actually, sure. Actually, can I add one thing? Yeah, go for it. The other thing we know is that and this is kind of a retcon, I guess, is that the Saratobi have been teaching the like Inoshika Cho trios for like generations and generations and yet we don't see him have any interactions with Inoshika Cho. He doesn't teach a team of them. His son is like never mentioned teaching a team of them. Wait, Konohamaru's what? not put in He does that? They do that? For generations? Really? Yeah, it's like Is that canon or fanon? Really? Yeah, it's like a thing in canon that the Sarutobi have taught Inoshika Cho trios for like generations. What? I've seen that in fanfic, but Yeah, you wouldn't know from the canon Sarutobi we have. But there are no other Sarutobis. Yeah. Did, like, the older... Does he have brothers? I mean, if we want to bring in the garbage series that is Boruto, which I don't want to bring up. But, no. like, even Konohamaru doesn't teach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should be teaching the next Inoshikacho generation, but he's not. Hiruzen didn't. Hiruzen was on a team with an Akamichi, and, like, there was no special connection between them. Like, it's it's a whole thing. Oh my god, my mind is so blown. I didn't know that. This is one of those pieces of canon that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Is there a whole Saratobi clan we just don't know about? Yeah, I tend to assume that like the, the scarcity of characters is such an artificiality of the medium that I tend to assume that, yeah, there are a lot of siblings and big families right off screen. Accurate. It would help, but jeez. No, but really, there's, like, this whole lore to the Saratobi clan. They're, like, associated with monkeys and, and knowledge-keeping, and they were- they weren't closely allied the way that Inoshika Cho were, but they've been, like, friendly with them for, like, generations and generations. Supposedly. Supposedly. We have only seen one example of this in all of canon, and no other allusions to it, but supposedly, it's a thing. 
Peterson as a teacher, like, or even, like, as a legacy giver, like, where did that scroll of monkey summons go? Because it's not with Asuma, right? It did not. Not like, that nope. we ever saw. And it probably died with him because, like, Konohamaru wasn't old enough to sign anything. And, like, probably Konohamaru's parent, Sarutobi parent, is dead. So it's like... Does that just mean there's no monkey summoner? No, no, no. We know that Konohamaru signed the toad contract because he and Naruto oh. and share toads. So as far as we oh know, that contract God. is gone. Are you telling me that the village has missed out on this monkey summon because Hiruzen was too dumb to pass it on to someone? That must have been awful. Like, that's an actual Hokage summon. Well, look at how long he took without picking or training a successor. Yes. Oh my gosh. Don't get me started on. I literally have a note about how he didn't start training a successor despite all his protestations that he's tired and wants to be done. Like, dude. Well, see, I think it's it's all of a piece. It's the legacy thing. He didn't train someone to take up the monkey summons. He didn't train. He didn't take an active hand in his own clan. He didn't train anyone to become Hokage. I mean, he didn't seem to have anything to do with Minato's training either. So. It, it just sort of, he got a successor delivered up. No, his only legacy that he passed things on to, and even then, I don't know what he passed on other than the bell test, are the Sonning. Like, he didn't give them contracts or special techniques or anything. They all do their own thing. Okay, yeah, so let's let's talk about Hidazen as a teacher. Failure, failure! For, not only is he not Inoshika Cho, the students that he did get, he has the Senju princess, he has whatever Orochimaru is, but he's like a genius. And then he has mm -hmm. Jiraiya, and he's known for neglecting Jiraiya in favor of Orochimaru. But it's not like Orochimaru has any, like, of Hiruzen's techniques or anything. So, like... Not that we know of. Yeah, where did his teaching go? Or, like, was he meant to focus on Tsunade and then, like, none of his students got anything like where did it go like none of his family or his students use a staff so he didn't teach anybody how to use a staff even though that's his main weapon yeah no one has the monkey oh that's summon. a good point well i think i sort of headcanoned that like he taught orochimaru a lot of techniques and started his obsession with learning all the things because he's called he's the professor, to be professor right the all. god of shinobi he would have known a lot of techniques wait I do know what he taught. He taught them sealing, because sealing is the only thing that he and the Sanin have in common. That's true. They're all they're all seal masters of various types. Even then, it's still just the basics. That's like saying Jiraiya taught Shikako sealing, because he helped her understanding how sealing works, and then she invented her own. Like, each of the three of them invented their own, it seems like, branch of sealing. Yeah. Did he teach it? Because, like, he doesn't have- he doesn't use- seals does he he doesn't use much of anything does he we only see him fight like once right yeah he, he fights for one fight and the whole time he complains about being old and how he can't do as much as he used to yeah but i mean it's the one fight but he's pushed to his limit because he literally dies and he's up against like two zombie hokage and orochimaru so like he has to pull out everything and like he pulls out his monkey summons. He pulls out, like, I can one-time summon the Shinigami. But, like, what else? Yeah, but that's a seal. So that's that would be my evidence. Oh. He's the student of Tobirama. Yeah, it's it's a seal thing oh, to, like, okay. summon. To What he actually did was 
like, sacrificed his life and he was binding Orochimaru's soul arms. It should have been his whole soul, but he couldn't, like, complete Yeah, why did he only dying. seal his arms? That's I don't so know. Dumb. That's so weird. It almost seems like he's bad at seals because the actual exchange should have been a life and another life, but a life and some arms. He was already dying at the time. Like, Orochimaru's sword was, like, in him or something. If I you know, correctly. I think he really, he really have may have have had a point in saying that he was way too old and didn't and rusty and didn't know how to fight anymore. Because I mean, he's supposed to be the god of shinobi. That was not a god of shinobi show. That too. Technically, he did last more than five minutes against um Oro, Oro Snake Lad and two Hokages Orochimaru Snake Bert <laughs> and two Hokage. So he did better than most people would like on a good day. So we'll give him that. I mean, Orochimaru could have been a Hokage himself. So it was one old dying Hokage versus three Hokage zombie-ish things. So his showing was not... Okay, to be fair... So like we mentioned before, like he didn't train a successor, but was he... He was probably meant to, right? Like, he he was given the, like, Senju princess and, like, the genius of that year like he should have made one of them his successor right yes well you you know i have these these whole this whole headcanon thing about tsunade as a young woman and her desire for medical reform and training more medical ninja and basically changing the whole emphasis of of what the village is for so my headcanon is basically that uh, Hirazen should have seen that as the sign that she was his successor, but instead totally stonewalled it. Seconding that yep. strongly. Yes. I can see that. I can see a lot of people actually believing that. Tsunade is, when she was younger, she was like as politically active as, I guess, there are politics in a village in the Naruto world. There are politics in that you become friends with the Hokage, and then you try to convince them to do stuff you want. Yes. That's what politics are in Indian Village. Elders of all the clans, I think, too, because you need buy-in from the major clans to make anything really happen. Unless you're Danzo and are doing it all secretly with Rudinja. I'm wondering here, this is as compared to Minato was only Hokage for like a hot second, but in comparison to like Hashirama, Tobirama, and Tsunade, who... It seems like almost the three of them built stuff or, like, contributed to the village. Yes. But, like, I don't know what Hiruzen's. Because, like, it seems he was chosen as, like, a warrior. Was he chosen as a leader? Yes. Can I can I throw something out? So, first of all, um, best guesses from the mess that is the canon Naruto timeline and from what the DOS timeline is, is... Uh, Hashirama and Tobirama were not Hokage for very long either. Uh, I think best estimates is like uh, Minato like a year, give or take like six months, and the other two both under like five years. Definitely Tobirama under five years. And so that leaves Hiruzen with the other like 60 years of Konoha's history. And I forgot where I was going with this. Well, I actually... I think this is one of the biggest indictments of him as a Hokage, that, you know, in those short reigns, all of these other characters... They did so much more than he did in 60 yes, years. Yes, exactly. They had they had ideological goals, they built institutions, they changed things, and he just sort of had a holding pattern. 
and he fought wars and he lived in his holding pattern for 60 years. Pretty much. But let's give him this. Kanaha is probably one of the most functional villages overall out there. So we'll give him that. Yes. He didn't quite build anything, but he did probably have to solidify all the systems that they put in and have to maintain Kanaha as a village that had this well, kind of moral stance. So we'll give him that. We'll be fair. Well, so what I'm getting out of this is that, and I haven't put in these words before, that Haruzin's biggest strength, but also his biggest sin, is complacency. Like, he was able to hold the village together, he was a warrior, so he was a good wartime leader, but then he never left that holding pattern. And um, so Konoha, like, he didn't, he didn't drive Konoha really in any direction other than, hey, we're going to keep things like they are and try to all stay alive. And that, that, like, reflects in his relationships with people, like, oh, I made sure Naruto had food, that is sufficient. So he's, like, complacent about looking after him, even though he, like, made a promise to Minato, as we now know in the retcon, and stuff like that. Or or he's, like, regurgitating the words he was taught about the will of fire and the whole village is his family, but he never makes the effort to act that way, because he's complacent. Yeah, he doesn't actually believe any of that, he's just mouthing it. But I agree with you about the complacency. I think that's that is his giant sin. And also, I do think that he's he's morally pliable. Danzo manages to pull him in, you know, whatever direction he wants. Yeah. I think he does try to uphold the probably the ideals that the two Hokages before him had. But this is a guy that probably got his job really, really young. And lived through several world or shinobi wars. So I don't think he has like the best moral compass just like flat out. And then he probably surrounds himself with people who we have to assume were pretty good at their job at one point. Who have an absolutely awful moral compass. So that can't help. Well, so actually that's a good point about the starting young thing they're the first generation they were born before the village started they should have been old enough to remember time before the village and then obviously like they were the symbol of the village coming together but it also means they're still very much stuck in those warhawk modes and um because they were so young they didn't completely digest what hashirama and tobirama were trying to teach them in particular about like, Hashirama and Tobirama built the village to protect children. And somehow, over the years, that got warped in their heads of, oh, we need to protect the village. We can throw children out into the field. You know, he, they had so many child soldiers, and they lowered ages even below what Warring Clans era standard was. And so somewhere in them, the village protects children became use children to protect the village. Yeah, that is one of the worst things I... Yeah. He authorized Root. Yeah. Yes. Oh he my gosh. Did. Root. I think we should keep Root for the Danzo episode. Yeah. Because that's just a big old Yeah, thing. but I think it is very important to say that Hirozen authorized Root. I mean, that is one of his major failures. Yes. But I do have to, I hope at least that Root had a higher standard. And then after it became illegitimate, it just kind of went down that slope so hard so fast hiruzen is definitely the lesser evil to donzo but again it's because he was so complacent that donzo was able to flourish as it were 
Yeah, I think Hiruzen's main problem was that he's like PTSD riddled, plus he's like really complacent. I think he just, I don't know if he ever actually enjoyed or liked his job. I think he very much did it out of straight up duty. Because he doesn't have the same passion for the job that some of the others did. I don't think he ever had a cause. I wanted to comment on, I think it was something that Math said about, um, you know, being a, a person, kind of, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, a person of his time and having, you know, the attitudes of a person who was born before the village and so forth. And the thing is, I think that's actually more of a condemnation of him as a Hokage because none of the other Hokage were people of their time. They were people who were before their time. Ooh, great point. And all, all the people that are put forward as Hokage candidates favorably by canon are like that. Dan, Tsunade, Kagami, Shishui, even Itachi, as weird as that Yeah, they have a vision. Yeah, all of them had strong moral codes and a drive. Yeah, they, they wanted to go somewhere. They wanted to build something. They had a vision for what Konoha should be. And I don't think Hiruzen ever really had his own vision. To follow up on that, like, I guess you could even argue even Orochimaru had a vision for what he wanted the village to be. It wasn't a good vision, but he had one. Um, whereas with Hiruzen, I think it was just like, it wasn't he chosen like, like a field kind of like, I'm going to die, so you're the next Hokage, run back to the village, essentially? Wasn't that what it was? No. So, first of all, I agree. Danzo actually does have more of a drive to become Hokage than Hiruzen does, and wow, for a second I'm feeling sympathetic towards Danzo, because that must have been infuriating. Like, Hiruzen didn't even want to be the best. He was just like, we're going to keep everything the same. Sorry. Um, no, so, I, the lack of Hokage successor, I think, is a big deal, because... He simultaneously doesn't seem to care about this job, especially in his second term, he did not want it, but he never made any effort to try and bring up a successor. Like, this goes back to the teacher thing, like, he had, like, 12 years with Kakashi after Minato's death to make him, to mold him into a Hokage, and that would still be 10 years later-ish than he became Hokage, and still, like... Nothing. No one was ready for him to die. Nothing was in place for him to die. They went months without a Hokage because they had to go track someone down and basically, like, bet her into coming back. I can understand why Hiruzen wouldn't choose Kakashi, though. Like, he should have chosen someone, but maybe not Kakashi because he was a little bit of, you know, not in a good place at all. Oh, I agree with that. Kakashi was wrecked. It should not have been him. But well, like, you know what my suggestion was? Guy? My, my suggestion was Shikaku, because then he would make, uh, Shikaku would, would hate it so much that he would, like, bend all of his genius efforts to finding and or making someone else for the job. Oh my gosh, you're so right. 100%. How many people do they have in the village again? Like, a few thousand, right? 10,000 active duty shinobi as of the war, which is only three years after supposedly half of their forces were wiped it's out. It's a very confusing... Lol, as if... Half of their forces did not get wiped out, okay? Anyway, so he has a whole village to choose from. Like, he can pick anyone. He can pick, like, ten people and be like, okay, guys, let's do a game show. One of you gets to be Hokage. With the bachelorette, but for Hokage. <laughs> Who wears the hat? Like, literally, he just needed to take one Jonin with Drive, or not with Drive in Shikaku's case, and, like, start molding them that way, and it would have been fine. There were so many I am options. envisioning this fic now. It doesn't even need to be a Jonin. He could have just been like, you look like a promising Junin. 
Would you like to learn things? How do you feel about paperwork? Okay, so how how many other ways did Heroes and Saratobi fail Konoha? Here's the thing, though. I want to I want to bring up a possible not failure, but like, could this have been a success that we just didn't know about? Like, he's called the Professor, and I've seen this in Fanon, but like, nothing concrete enough to like adopt as my own. But the idea that like his, I guess, special project, like political project, was the Academy. How are we feeling about that, Fanon? No? No. No. No, 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 no. But the Academy's so bad. I have strong head cannons with good, like, cannon support that the Academy is, like, the police Academy, and that's Toby Rama's thing. Like, because the Academy, his students supposedly are the first group of students that graduated from the Academy, and they're, like, 17 when that happens. Like, the Academy was founded in Toby Rama's era, for sure. Okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go dreaming of sunshine specific here for a moment and say okay. that the way that the academy functions is another of Hirozen's failures because one of the biggest indictments I think we see, and I mean you can headcanon that this is true in Naruto canon too, but the treatment of Sakura because Oh my gosh, yep. The fact that a, a, a genius kid with perfect chakra control was not at any point in her entire education taken aside by anyone who thought, hey, we should get this kid in some sort of advanced education, and then was just brushed aside. I mean, this is why I say it was Dreaming of Sunshine specific, because in there it's, it's explicitly laid out that because she was clanless, she was put on a discard team and shuffled off into the Genin Corps. Well, I mean, look at DOS actually in the most recent arc is going more deeply into the whole way that the Genin Corps are set up, um, the way the academy curricula is failing. I mean... Sasuke and Shikaka started out trying to fix the police and they were like, hey, we need to overhaul three levels of our education system in order for this to work because those the education system is that broken. Go big or go home. And to bring it back to the to you know, to you know the the topic, it's like who was in charge while these systems went to hell? <laughs> you know, who's on whose watch? I strongly had canon the uh thing about Danzo like getting his people in there and kind of like fucking shit up but again that's still Haruzen's fault because we know he goes to the academy every year he's in charge of team assignments he should notice that like the academy is shit yeah and if there's that big a divide i mean i think sexism was a factor yep. i think the clanless thing was yep. the biggest factor definitely i think yeah. that if there's that big a divide, it's like it's like Hirozen just sort of not noticing for years as the Uchiha get farther and farther away from the rest of the village. I mean, how do you not notice it when you literally have like a magic, you know, you, you have a magic spying crystal ball. Yeah, a crystal ball, and you have Anbu who can spy on anyone for you at any time, and it is literally your job to know what's going on. And all of this is happening and you have no clue. Well, and we know specifically Anbu were spying on the Uchiha because Danzo had his legal root team that Hiruzen knew about spying on them. And they, like, built infrastructure to spy on the Uchiha. And Hiruzen still missed everything that was going on there. Or at least didn't come up with any way to fix it. This is why we use the see no evil emoji. But yeah, I think Hiruzen was probably very hands-off yes. with all the village stuff. So everything that had to do with, like, medical or learning or really anything, I think he was very hands-off. He let somebody else deal with it down the line. And that obviously didn't end well. And he probably focused a lot on village security, and he had Danzo in his ear for that. 
So Well, that actually brings up a great question. What was he doing? He was not teaching. He was not paying attention to the people in the village, uh, either his close friends or the people in general. He wasn't overhauling any systems. They weren't at war those last 12 years. What was he doing? And Danzo- Ooh, can I rant about the paperwork thing? Okay, sure. Go. Okay. So, uh, there's like this cliche that the Hokage is always buried under piles of paperwork. Yep. And the thing is, this is this is completely insane because a person in a management position like that should have like a zillion assistants and so much infrastructure underneath him. He should not be buried under paperwork. That's absurd. What is Tsunade doing all the time? Like, she's probably the only real point of comparison. Okay, well, following up on the paperwork thing, first of all, Shadow Clone. I don't know why people don't use that more. But second of all, (laughs) I don't know how to phrase this necessarily, but like the idea of the assistance, like what we see in, I guess, canon and also DOS canon is Iruka is like essentially his secretary, but also he's a teacher, but also he's like doing mission desk stuff. For example, like, Tsunade has Shizune, but, like, Shizune is also basically, like, her point person for the hospital. So, like, where is Hiruzen's... Secretary? Who is his... Yeah, who's his lieutenant? Like, it can't be Iruka. He's he's a overworked Chunin. Also, I would like to put forward, Iruka would have been a better Hokage. Seconding. Just saying. He juggles, like, three day jobs. Okay? He could have done it much better. Can he fight? Uh, like, kind of, but no. Everything else? Done. Iruka would have at least overhauled the academy system. Well, he could have been one of the candidates. He could have been in training to see if they could bring him up to a combat level that would be plausible. Totally. But then he just, like, decided, hey, I actually like kids. If Hiruzen's lieutenant, or essentially, not necessarily a successor, but, like, a lieutenant for, like, if things die, at least this person knows what needs to be done until we find the successor, like, who was it before Iruka? Because... That is, like, Iruka was only there for, like, the second regime. Like, who was that in the first regime? Did he have someone like that? Where are all the super-powered secretaries? There should be, like, super-powered secretaries everywhere. Well, they have them in Kumo. We see them in Kumo and Suna. Garas are his siblings, and in Kumo, it's actually all of the other villages, I think we see them. Because in Iwa... It's his granddaughter, and in Kumo, it's that girl that, uh, I don't know, one of the ones with the UI names at the end, and, um... Oh, the designated successors? Yeah, that should be a thing. Yeah, well, it's not even just designated successors. You're like your paperwork lieutenant. Yeah, the person I'm talking about in Kumo, there was, like, at least one, possibly more, like, women that were just, like, walking around taking notes with him. And they were not his successors, because we know that that was, what's his name? Yeah, the assistant. Not B, somebody else. Yeah, those those are people who should be there. Do you think, actually, that either he or Danzo decided to play upon, like, ninja paranoia and said, you can't have people around you who know everything that you know? Danzo totally did that. Oh, Danzo has been sabotaging That's everything. why he only trusts his counsel. Like, you shouldn't have a secretary. She shouldn't have that information. I 100% believe that. I totally believe that Danzo buried Hiruzen in paperwork and wouldn't let him get help. Let's cycle back. Can I cycle to something that we all know can, like, 100% be blamed on Hiruzen? Oh, go for it. We love blame. We're roasting him. Let's do this. Okay, so something that is not Danzo's fault, because we know Danzo is pissed about it, is the Huga incident. Yes. The Huga. Oh my god. 
He was going to give a foreign village the actual head of a clan whose bloodline is in their head. Oh, oh my God. Jesus. He did do that. They still handed somebody over, even though they were attacked on their own home tour. This is the one time that I was like, nah, fam, I'm with Danzo. This was worth going to war over. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that actually looks like a provocation to war. Like, they were trying to provoke. They literally were. They snuck into the Hyuga's house, kidnapped their heir. Like, the Jonin commander of Kumo did that. And when he was defeated, like, I'm not saying that Kona had to jump into war, but Haruzin's response could have at least been, nah, fam, he was in our compound. Like, we're not going to hand you over our clan head. Like, and then if Kumo wanted to make it a war, that's a thing. But no, like, ugh. That was just so stupid on so many levels. This is, yeah, that's one of the big failures. It's very frustrating just to think about. Here's the thing: this is canonically like a year or two after the um, QB attack, which means isn't it like three years? Didn't she look like three or five years oh, old? I thought she was like two. Yeah. I thought she was like no, no, no. A she's like four. She's like four, give or take a year, because it was, she had like just come of age and Neji had just gotten his like, uh, mark because like the heir was now of age, which apparently is like four. I thought she was three, but I don't remember where I read that, so. It might be three, but it's, it was more There's than two. like the Shichigo-san in, um, Japan, which is like seven, five, and three, three and seven-year-old girls and five-year-old boys. So she had to have been three. If, if we're going by the idea that this is, like, Japan, so Shichigo-san, that's, like, three years after, because she was born after the Kiwi. Yeah. So that's three years after. Yeah. She's one of the few people in her class She's that's younger than Naruto. She was born in December. Hi. So, yeah. It was at least three, three years. Three years after, which is, I mean, other people can do a lot in three years, but it looks like maybe Hiruzen did not. <laughs> Yes. I can understand them not wanting to go to war again because there's been a lot of war. Wait a second. I just I just had a thought. So wasn't the reason that the Kumo delegation was there was to sign a peace treaty to end the Third Great Ninja War, the thing that ended under Minato's term? Why did it take them three years? Well, was it actually the Third War or was it like a thing with Kumo specifically? Like were Kumo and, and Konoha still skirmishing? Oh, maybe they, like, delayed it because they thought they had a chance since Minato was dead? Oh, I could see that. I don't think it officially ended. It's just when Minato was made Hokage, it was like, holy shit, that yellow flash is now Hokage. Like, we're gonna, like, step down. And then he died, like, three days after he became Hokage. And then they're like, oh, wait, no, are we starting things back up again? You don't have your cool yellow flash hero anymore. So I think that's kind of what it was. Oh, actually, do you think a lot of people thought that since Minato was dead, he would have had such a reputation for just being able to mass slaughter people? Yeah. Well, I think Iwa still didn't want to fight. That is what ended the war, is no one wanted to fight him. He's literally the weapon of mass destruction, and then he died. You know, for being such a soft boy on screen, he is, uh, wow, he kills so many people. He canonically is a mass murderer, which is, I mean, that's what you need. Well, aren't they all? They are, but, like, has anybody killed as many people? He's the best mass murderer. He's a scary one even for ninja. So the Hyuga incident, that was very much like, so it was three years after the QB, three years into his second regime. I can see why they would 
send anyone's head though, because the last guy who started a war got ostracized by the village so much that he decided to just fucking kill himself in his house. Oh, yeah. Can we add fucking Sakamo to the list of things I blame Hiruzen for? Oh. Yeah, that was bad. Like, what the hell? That's so on yeah. I mean, my headcanon is that Danzo orchestrated yes. the Whisper campaign, but I still blame Hiruzen because one of his great heroes was subject to a Whisper campaign that drove him to suicide, and he didn't notice. Right? Either he didn't notice, or he just didn't do anything. Like, I'm sure Danzo had a hand in it happening, but uh, once again, Hiruzen just... Ah, oh, complacent, complacent about Sakamo, complacent about the Hyuga. Ugh. It is pretty terrible, which is why we have an entire podcast about how terrible he is. I know. Yeah, I was just trying to understand why the Hyuga would deign to send anyone, let alone, like, the demanded head of the head of the clan. Because that's what here is an ask for. Give me the head of your leader, and I'll send it to these guys who tried to take your daughter. And... They didn't say no, they just kind of stepped around it a little bit. So I was trying to understand why. It is an absolute betrayal and failure as his ho- as a Hokage for him to be like, hey, I need your head because you were attacked. Like, it's one thing if Neji's dad stepped up and was like, hey, send them my head, tell them I was the one that killed him, let's defuse this from becoming a war. But Hiruzen being like, oh, my village was attacked and I'm going to pay reparations and not protect bloodlines or my people? Like, that's the will of fire. That's literally the only thing that he's supposed to be good at is protecting his people since he's shit at everything else. And he failed that. Also, the bloodline is in their flipping head. Come on. It's in their head. You know, like we discussed, like he's meant to be a war leader because he's clearly not, like, a leader of, like, administration and stuff but like this is like this is your thing like this is a this is a war action and you are not stepping up how did the Huga not do a coup or attempted a coup before the uchiha based off of this it's true they should have been the one to do the coup first especially the branch clan well the thing is i think that the Huga are pretty indoctrinated into this idea that you know some people are valuable and some people are not and if you're higher up in the hierarchy you can declare that a, a less valued person gets sacrificed so if hirazen is higher in the hierarchy than they are then he can sacrifice them they're the branch to him yeah that's a good point okay i could see that however that said i do see how this would contribute to the Uchiha's feelings because they also have an eye bloodline like and Hiruzen didn't do shit for the Hyuga who he supposedly like would like more than the Uchiha who he's treating like shit so like what would he do to and them? it's not like the Uchiha have the cage bird seal to protect their yep. bloodline like he handed over a bloodline to a foreign village and then and they know that he's demanding similar sacrifices because he took or as far as they know, he and Danzo took their clan heir and made him this, like, root agent instead of allowing him to, like, do the things he needs to do. They have so many reasons to believe that Hiruzen has it out for them and would not protect them and would actively harm them. So the first regime is Hiruzen just going through the motions of trying to enact what little he was able to learn in the hot seconds that he was student to Hashirama and Tobirama, but... The second regime feels very much like a very fraught time, which we don't see, but it, it must be true considering how much clan 
dissent and how much Donzo sabotage there must have been. Well, his successor had just died, and his clans are essentially, like, looking at him with fear, and Donzo's on whispering on his shoulder and stuff. And how is it that he didn't act? What are we... Like, explain the second regime to me. I think a lot of it had to have been that he was tired, that, like, the PTSD, the ninja lifestyle had to be catching up with him. Because he was old. Not a lot of ninja get that old, right? But that goes back to the original point. Because, well, first of all, at least three of his compatriots got that old. But it, and Danza was still totally fine. But it goes back to that original point of, even if he didn't want this job anymore, he didn't make any effort to bring back one of his students to train somebody new he made no effort to pass the hat on he didn't even get an assistant yeah that's on him that's (laughs) he should have done something if he knew he was unfit for the job or he just didn't want the fucking job he should have done something but you know that's his biggest problem he doesn't do do things i think he was really passive and depressed at that point and i think he was kind of basically danzo's puppet i think that's what happened i believe that Oh yeah, depression must have hit him hard, especially towards the end. Also, his wife was dead. Yes. I want to cycle a little bit back, bring up Biwako in the sense of the family thing. Although I should probably insert the character corner here. Character Corner is a segment of Sunshine Symposium where I corner one of our guests to talk about their original character (laughs) or a canonical minor character who deserved their time in the sun, so to speak. They never got it. This character corner features a Biwako, I guess Sarutobi Biwako, who doesn't have her own last name as far as we can tell, um, who is being championed by Unorganized Shelf. Hello, Shelf. Hey, it's your local Shelfie, and, uh, Biwako? Biwako? I know, it's Biwako for me. Who was she before she got married, I guess? Do you have an idea for, like, where she came from before? Like, you know, who Hmm. is she to you? Okay, I think she was probably one of the people who was brought in with the Senju, because apparently during her childhood episode... She was afraid of Madara, so there's that. She was afraid of the Ujiha, so you got something there. And her eyes kind of look like Tenzo. But back to Buwaka, I feel like she's probably either from the Senju clan or very closely related to them, either by ties of... uh, Fuck, I forgot the word. Truce? Like alliance. Alliance, yeah. So they either had an alliance or something like that, because... No. Scared of the Uchiha. That says something. Honestly, considering that we have no information on what clan she was actually from, what her actual family was besides the Saratobis, all you can really do is try to make links. And the closest links that I've been able to find visually would be Tenzo with his eyes, because they both have very distinctive eyes. The hair color, which, and also just like the general fact that she looks similar to Rin. Kakashi's old teammate. She looks similar to Rin, has a very similar skill set, I'd imagine, with both of them being healers, but she doesn't have the tattoos, which are apparently a clan marking that we never see again. Okay, so Buwako, I believe that she either is part of the Senju clan or she was allied with the Senju clan, which would also make Saratobi's claim to the throne, so to speak, a little bit stronger even though he was also a student of um, 
What's his name? Uh, the Hashirama. Second guy. Oh. Toby Rama. Toby Rama, yes. Yeah, he was a student of Toby Rama, but before then, everybody had been a Senju. I think that would have set some sort of precedent. Like, even if people didn't like it or didn't want it, it was there. So him being married to somebody who was either allied or part of the Senju clan would have definitely helped. Was their marriage, like, full-on just arranged? Well, the thing is, they never really talk to each other that we can see. I I basically do champion the fact that she was a major part of how Saratobi managed the Hokage ship and actually managed the village and was part of the reason why he was able to keep the village functional and running and and I, compared to everything else, a very enriching environment for everyone involved, civilian and ninja alike. Like, in comparison to the world that they're in, I'll give Konoha that. They're it could be worse. Konoha definitely was at its prime before Biwako died, for sure. Yeah, like, we don't even know how long those two were in charge. How long was Hiroshima in charge? Who knows? It was a mystery. Two hot minutes. There's a definite, like, decline to Konoha after Naruto was born. And that can't, it's like, it can't be accredited to Minato dying because, like, he was only Hokage for, like, a hot half second. a second. So it's like... <laughs> That means, like, something in the administration changed majorly during the death, and it can't be Minato. Was the marriage arranged? I feel like they did get along, and they decided to make the best of it. And maybe they actually did meet before they were encouraged, at the very least, to get married. But I do believe that they were encouraged to get married, and they made the best of their situation, but I don't think it was... A great romance, at the very least. A good amount of practicality from both of them. You're Hokage. I'm a Senju. How did you build, like, her personality from that? Oh, basically, if you want the truth, it's because I was looking at the wiki of the day that Naruto um, was born, and then I realized that the midwife was actually Sarutobi's wife, and then I was like, wait... Didn't a lot of bad shit happen after the QB attack? Huh. Huh. Wouldn't it be cool if... And then it, like, a lot of things start to make more sense once you just put in this padding of he had more help. Also, you know that old saying behind every great man is a great woman or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was just like, uh, his wife probably did so much of his paperwork because he's always behind a whole desk of papers and I'm just like he's shit at paperwork how did he do it all his yeah his, definitely his post Biwako life was not impressive in any way what little we see in Naruto canon just like how did you get this role if you're not good at it and I was like probably because he married Biwako probably probably yeah so he was the student of Toby Rama, he had a very good field reputation, and he was married to Biwako, so it's probably how he got the role, but his, uh... Yeah, I think he was, he was named Hokage before that, but, like, people probably didn't appreciate this, like, 15-year-old being Hokage, and they're like, wait, 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 hold up, what if we got involved? Also, here's here's a nice arranged marriage, political balance, we're all good, kind of thing. It would be cool if Bawaka was actually older than him. Hmm. 
I can't remember the canonical age. No, that's not the way you say that. Canonical age? Canonical, but yeah. I mean, time time is a mystery. It would be cool if she was married off. Well, not married off, but she stepped in to basically take over the Hokage role in a more shadowy sense. Mm-hmm. The shadow shadow Kage. The shadowy fire shadow. Yeah, but I mean, that does make sense because I think they were still at war Yeah. when Tobirama died. And it's not like, you know, the Sandaime had, like, could go back to the village and stay in the village. Like, he had to be on the field. So whoever was running it, like, he had to have, a, like, a regent, essentially. Yeah. Not to mention, Bawako was a small child when the village was still being founded and when Madara and Hiroshima were still around. So that means she would have been around at least in her very early years during the warring clan era. So, like... That's just, what, two Shinobi World Wars and the Warring Clan eras within her lifetime? So that's, that's great. Biwako, obviously, like, what we know about her, she's a healer. She's, she was instrumental. Yeah. She was a healer. Yeah. She was a jonin. She was husband to Saratobi, and she was the mother of two children, one of whom we never see and one of whom never speaks about her at all or has flashbacks. It's it's so true. Like, you can pin down so much shit to Kishi. Uh, yeah, so let's get into, actually, um... Yeah, let's get into it, her kids, because she has at least two sons. I mean, Asuma doesn't mention his older brother at all. He doesn't mention his mom at all. And we know he hates his dad, so that's not exactly a, you know, recipe for a happy family life. It is perfectly possible that they have a secret third, fourth, fifth sibling, who knows? But they just never talk to each other, and honestly, if that kid just, like, fucked off and did their own thing, they'd probably have a better time of it than trying to go to a family dinner with those guys. What is the relationship between, you know, just Biwako and her kids versus, like, okay. uh, Hiruzen and their kids? Because it's, like, clearly not very good with Asuma and Hiruzen, but, like, it's just Asuma doesn't like Biwako okay. either, or is like, is he, did he prefer her? But, you know, just, because he never okay. mentions her, um, you know? Like, how do so you for Biwako's personal relationships, at least within her family, I think for Hiroshin, it was probably a mutually supportive relationship, but still very business-like on the whole. It was very much a, this is what we must do for the village, we will support each other, this is a partnership. It But, and maybe... They did kind of fall in love, or did fall in love, but I, at least I get the impression from the kind of character I've built up for Bawako, because bitch, having a nurturing healer is kind of boring. Also, it's, you know, two world wars. I feel like they had a more business-like, and we must do this for the village, this is what needs to be done, this is what needs to happen, hello dear, this is what's on the agenda for today that kind of relationship. And then we get to her relationship with her children and none of, uh, or at least Asuma never talks about his mother and Konohamaru never talks about his grandmother at all. So he was never probably even told stories about her. So like uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. But then again, Konohamaru doesn't talk about his dad or his mother at all, so who knows what's going on with that kid. 
I feel like she probably had a nurturing to an extent relationship. I very much doubt that she mistreated her children, but I don't think she was very emotionally or even physically around for them or like present. I don't think she was the kind of mother that would hug her children a lot or like say, oh, hey, how was your day? It would be like, hello, dear, training going well? That's good. Okay. Saratobi, uh, what's his name? Hiruzen. This is what happened today in the Hokage office. Let's go. Uh, she was... To summarize it with something you mentioned before, like, there is no flashback scene with her in an apron. Yeah, there is no flashback. Um, we never get, like, even just fond memories of, oh, your mother, oh, your grandmother was so lovely. Oh, she was so kind and soft. Oh, she was a healer who wanted everyone to be alright. And it's like, nah. We never get that. She tells Minato to fuck off and stop crying because I have a baby to deliver. Please go away. I don't even think she said please. Nah. So yeah, she would probably be not a angry or deliberately cold person, but I don't think she was a soft mother figure. And I don't think she was a soft figure within the village as well. She was the healer, probably the head healer. I think she was the head healer. But I don't think she would have been soft, especially since it would have been coming right out of the Warring Clan era. There would have been two world wars. Being a healer in that day and age would have sucked. Also, the hospital had very little funding or power within the village, I think. Yeah, I think most of the reforms did happen with Tsunade, so... You know, like, she had to juggle the entire village and the healing side, so she she couldn't probably, she probably couldn't focus on, you know, making yeah. the hospital great. Which then, I guess, brings us to Tsunade and Bawako. You mentioned earlier that, like, you were thinking there was some kind of, like, maybe not a formal apprenticeship, but some kind of legacy of sorts passed down. Well, okay, so Tsunade was a prodigious, uh, prodigious healer, but... Saratobi never showed any skill, real skill, mm -hmm. or knowledge at all, really, about medical or healing or anything like that. So then we have his wife, who is conveniently there, and we at least are assuming that she helped a lot with the Hokage ship. I don't think it's too much of a jump to say that she helped with his students, specifically Tsunade, who was not a combat specialist the way the other two were, and they were probably very... They were a lot easier to focus on, I believe, for Saratobi, with them both focusing on knowing as many jutsu as possible and, oh, I'm going to beat the enemy in with my fist. Go, go, go. And then there's Tsunade, who has a clan to back her up and also has a lovely Bawaka right there who also knows about medical shit. Yeah. Although, okay, I'm gonna be honest, it doesn't look like Hiruzen has any healing techniques that, you know, we know of or anything, but like, mm -hmm. not that Orochimaru's sketchy monster science is medicine, but like, he probably didn't get that science from Hiruzen. Like, I know he's called the professor oh, of Shinobi, you make a good but like, point. But it's like, if the scientific side of both Tsunade and Orochimaru's, like, 
careers. Like, it doesn't connect to Hiruzen, so it's like, it has to have come from somewhere else, right? Well, sure. If Tsunade was interested in the hospital and got closer to Buwako just by the virtue of the fact that she's basically her second, or like, her co-teacher, then Orochimaru, fuck, what's his name? Ah, Snake Lad. So Snake Lad (laughs) can come in and be like, hey, I like cutting up human bodies, you do that for a living. Yeah. She's not the one, like, Biwako is like, sure, I will teach you medical techniques. I'm not in charge of making sure your morals and ethics are aligned. That's Hiruzen's job. Oh, and we know how well he does with that. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, do you think, um, in your opinion, does she have, like, would you say she had any other, um, I don't want to say, like, actual, like, apprentices or students, but, like, you know, who are her non-family connections, or did you have anyone in mind for that? Oh, no, I don't doubt that she had a lot of people within the hospital who knew her and were learning from her, even if they were just like, you, go do that, watch us, I do this, like, this will be like a two birds, one stone thing, yeah. just stand there and watch. Yeah, like, shadowing. Like, she probably did so much stuff. Probably had people, like, maybe, like, five secretaries who weren't actually named secretaries. Just because running the hospital and Loki being the Hokage, but without the fighty bits. Yeah, like, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I'm thinking, most likely, except for, like, the sort of half-students she got via Hiruzen, like, she probably didn't have time for her own Genin team. Right? Mm, She may have had... A Genin team before she became wife to I don't know the timeline. That's the problem. Time, timeline time timeline doesn't exist in this, remember? Like not until world, there's no time. Time means nothing. There's a possibility that she did have a Genin team, like maybe one before everything happened, but she basically saw them to tune in and then she just said, Okay, you're off on your own. Maybe we'll meet up for lunch every now and then, but that's about it. I'm a busy gal. She doesn't seem to be, well, at least the Bawako that I'm imagining and I've kind of made in my head, isn't one for, like, really close emotional bonds because she's like, I have stuff to do. There is stuff that needs to be done. There's definitely, like, the, you are my comrade, we'll save each other, but, like, oh my god! Let's just sit down and paint our nails and, oh yeah, how you doing? No, she didn't do that. I think she's the kind of person who would have just jumped from task to task. And she would have taught Tsunade and Orochimaru mainly because, not really because of any real fondness for them, although she would have grown fond, but because she saw it as these are the students of the Hokage or the future Hokage or something like that, they will probably become Hokage in the future, or at the very least, they're going to become very powerful and useful assets to the village. They have potential. She saw that. And then she gave them the tools. It wasn't her job to tell them how to use the tools. And one of them, like, 50% chance, like, 50-50, right? Like, one of them turned out great, relatively. But one of them did, um... He's a very smart man. Ex- experimented on humans, but like, you gotta be some level of intelligent to do that. Obviously, she's a healer, like, that's her specialty, and you know, like, she did make it to Jonin. So, like, did she have, like, a weapon of choice or a summon, do you think? I mean, obviously, Asuma doesn't have 
I mean, Asuma's uh, weapon. I don't of think choice, she had a summon. Like... No. I feel like canonically she wouldn't have had a summon, and also. I don't like if she had a summon, it would have been something really small, mainly a messenger thing. But even then, Asuma doesn't have a summon. So even though I can see um, heroes and passing him over to give it to one of his kids, I can't see his mother then deliberately not giving it to him. Because even though she wasn't like very soft or like the best mother emotionally, I don't think she was ever deliberately cruel at all like to the best of her emotional capacity she was a good mother to him yeah so let's see um so probably no particular weapon of choice no summons um and i know we spoke about how she really doesn't have much time because she's so busy but i mean what is her hobby or non ninja hobby well she probably she probably does something calming, like make tea, but also like doubles as practice for when she has to do diplomacy. Mm. Yeah, she has. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that she would just like be the person who was like, "Hello, I'm the lovely wife of the Hokage. Would you like to just chat with me for a little bit? Oh, is that what you plan to talk about with my husband? Oh, that's so nice." And then turns around and like, "Here's him. This is the plan. This is what we do. Okay, let's go." <laughs> Lol, if she saw how much Danza was getting away with towards the end, she would have killed Hiruzen just to put somebody else on there. Like, she worked too hard for that shit. How do we reconcile Biwako running things with, like, Danzo getting away with shit? Like, did- I mean, obviously, he got away with a lot more shit after she died, but, like- She would have mainly run the administrative stuff, but she was still not- technically in charge one because i doubt anybody at that time probably would have been too keen on the female healer being the actual leader like she would have functionally been co-leader but she still wasn't the actual one and she wasn't given as much recognition as saratobi not that this would have been able to happen because as you said at the time it was probably way more conservative but like do you think she ever would have wanted to be the actual Hokage? Probably. I mean, she probably would have, like, looked at some of Hiruzen's choices or looked at the way he was doing things sometimes and being like, oh, I might not be as good at fighting head-on, but fuck, I could do your job better than you can. I think she did grow comfortable in being able to just do what needed to be done without necessarily having to talk to too many people like the public scrutiny yeah and she i know and that's the ninja that she probably got used to people underestimating her to an extent maybe not so much within the village higher ups because uh, they would have known but with people lower down who don't know or even people from outside the village who maybe like we don't know how long certain clans took to get to kanaha and we don't know how long of a period of time it was where they were still taking people in. Is there is there some some level of, like, in-village reputation? I think Bawako would play up the soft healer thing, just because we see a lot of people play up that kind of stuff. Like, we see, um, what's her name? Kurunai! Kurunai! I'm so sorry, I'm bad at name. We see Kurunai play up the whole soft female thing in order to 
use her illusions properly and get people off kilter and we have to assume that that a lot of people do use perception especially since they're ninja so Bawako using the societal um, perception of the soft healer it would have been a very useful mask but if you spent any actual time with her you would have known that she's very business-like she's very rushed in everything she does functionally she would have been a lot closer to Tsunade but to most people she would have had the I'm just the soft healer lady who is wife to the Hokage but within the hospital I doubt that she would ever let that mask stop her from doing anything because you know people to say things to do paperwork woof. and also you mentioned um like the whole diplomacy thing with the tea making and it's like, so you think she probably leans on that soft healer reputation outside the village as well? Or is there like, you know, you have to represent a strong face to or like other villages? Because it would probably be tiring again and again, or at least not a oh, time waster, maybe, to have to prove to people, I am also a shinobi. Come on, we got to do stuff. It would have just been easier to just be like, I'm just the wife. And then she would have, and because she is also the wife, there was probably this expectation that she would serve them tea and chat with them nicely, maybe chat with the wives of people. And so um, she either would have been like, it's a waste of time to have to prove to people again and again that I am a dangerous shinobi. And then she just would have used it. And then when they are looking down on her or when they're underestimating her, she can then just do the threatening. She doesn't need to be like, I'm a shinobi, she'll just be like, threaten. I'm threatening you right now. And I have the ability to do that because one, I am a shinobi and two, I am ko-hokage, kind of. But without the words, just the actions. Would there have been a natural stopping point, like, beside her being killed? I think it would have taken a lot. I think it would have taken a lot just because the way I see it and the way you see a lot of ninja is they just keep powering through despite everything. Even if the village had been like raised to the ground, she would have just been like, time to build it back up again. But I think something that would have absolutely devastated her and made her incredibly angry and might have happened once or twice, but not to as dramatic an extent as what I'm about to say, is heroes in... Um, saying flat out no to her that her opinion was not valued in this context that it was that her ideas were bad and like i know soft and i guess he would have had to side with someone else over her and not in a diplomatic way like to act to completely disregard everything she's done for the village for him and to just say your opinion is shit here so it would have had to have been probably with Danzo. Probably. I was gonna Danzo say that. making up <laughs> yeah, making some absolutely dumb shit decision that is wasteful and cruel and is against everything that they have tried to build within Konoha. And Hiruzen would have had to side with Danzo and just turn a completely blind eye to all the ways it could and will go wrong and tell her I will be siding with him over you and your bit of common sense. That would have made her so angry. So it almost feels like the longer Hiruzen was Hokage, the more he trended towards agreeing with Danzo, which obviously is, as you said, like the 
a breaking, or not a breaking point, but like a a point of content between Hiruzen and Biwako. So I wonder if maybe like their relationship and, you know, working relationship and marriage got worse the longer it went because Hiruzen would side more and more with Danzo. I think especially as their children drifted away from them, they would have had less affection and love within their relationship, but the partnership would have always held strong because they're both very duty-bound people, even though Hiruzen is a hot mess. I guess I want to do, like, the intrapersonal values versus, like, ideological values. You know, like, what Mm. does she hold as, like, this is my ideal self, this is my ideal person, and then this is my ideal village. You know, like, who did she strive to be? Hmm, okay. I think she strove to be the person that she did become, but when she started out, she was... She definitely thought bigger. And she did have a bit more idealism in her. But I think for the most part, who she became, even if she was probably very, very, very tired by the end of it all, um, she was probably somebody who... She probably knew what she was getting into when she became Hiruzen's wife. If we go with the thing that she was maybe older than Saratobi and helped him cement his place as Hokage. So somebody who was a foundation and a pillar and a architect for the village and what it became. And she did become that. And she probably wielded a lot more power than pretty much any other Kunochi in the village at during her lifetime. And she would have had to feel proud of that and pride in that to go on as long as she did. Because she didn't have a light workload. Yeah, that and that was like literal decades of being this unsung pillar. And being like, nah, here's it. That's a bad choice. Let's not do that. She got like zero of the, you know, I mean, canonically, she gets zero recognition. As we've mentioned before, like she's lived through multiple world wars. Like she was a child during the time of like, the, like, the warring clans periods. Like, like what is her ideal village? Like, I mean, you mentioned, again, like, like she believed the vision that Hashirama had, but, like, is it... that He was naive, in a sense. What would Biwako's ideal village be like? Growing up, she would have very much believed in everything Hiroshima said, especially when he was at the height of his power and she was a very small child. But as she grew older and as she actually took part in the running of the village and probably had to stop a lot of people trying to hurt the village in so many different ways. So many different ways. We saw a lot of that in Crypto, like when she when Shikako was part of that little Intel division. Like there are a lot of things that happen all the time. And uh, Bawako wouldn't have probably... She would have had some talks with Intel. Like she would have had to. So she would have known and been helping to stop a lot of shit. But... Her ideal village is one that is strong, one that is unquestioned in its strength, and one that is strong enough and big enough. Like, she wanted, she probably wanted it to be huge, but very insular. Like, once it is big, it is, we are just us, and we will keep us safe, and we will keep anyone who chooses to be with us and is loyal to us safe. And that we will, she probably really did want there to be a very strong hospital. Probably not as uh, big or as free as a lot of what Tsunade wanted, 
because I do believe that Boako was the one who probably enabled and helped a lot of Tsunade's um, stuff for the hospital, but was probably also somebody who said, that is too naive, that's too free without information, or that's too much to just give out, and probably would have stopped some of the reforms Tsunade wanted, which would have really hurt. It would have really hurt Tsunade and her feelings. But um, I do think she wanted the hospital to be so good and powerful that they could save everyone who was in the village, who was ever hurt. So she wanted the village to be huge, to have so many people in it, and she wanted it to be safe. And she probably didn't want more fights, but she wanted to be... Oh, she wanted to be so strong that being itself was a deterrent to fight. I mean, and it did, it did last for, I mean, about a decade after she died. Like, that, that continued to be a threat. Like, just the sheer size of Konoha and, like, the, like the, the resources they had. She, she did achieve that. I mean, it was clear that by the time we get the starting point of Naruto's story, like, it's on the decline. But, like, she had enough momentum that it kept going at least a little bit after her death. So. Yeah, and I I don't think she was alone in that dream at all. There were plenty of people around her and around Hiruzen who helped them make this happen as well. But I think after Bawako died, a lot of her network probably fell apart and couldn't be accessed as easily. After she was dead, Hiruzen probably couldn't get to all the people that she was getting to, especially since it looks like he was always stuck in the he office. He probably didn't know. Yeah, he yeah. probably wasn't even aware that, like, here's a team of these people who do this. When she died, like, he just probably never knew that there was a team of people who did this thing. So it was probably just like... It's true. Maybe they didn't have the best communication, Bawako and Hiruzen, over who they had doing exactly what. They probably told each other to an extent what was happening, but they didn't tell each other all the intricacies because there was just so much. So some of what Bawako had and was setting up was probably lost with her death, especially since some of the people that she would have had working on things would have also died during the QB attack. Yeah. Not to mention, it, they probably had this huge mad scramble after the QB, and some things just never got picked up because they couldn't pick it up, and then later on it was because it was too late, they had new problems. So most of it, she worked... Most of her policies were, like, domestic stuff. Like, she probably would not have been involved much in, like, foreign affairs. Oh, no, she was probably involved in foreign affairs and diplomacy, even if this was, like, trade agreements or at least directing people to the people to get the trade agreements done. So she would have had um, a part to play in external links, and, that's, and she would have talked about those external links with Hiruzen and probably Danzo as well, so that they could coordinate. But her focus was the village, mainly. Yeah. Okay, First Child and Asuma. So, um, yeah, Asuma and First Child probably had very much a latchkey life uh, lifestyle, and... Um, I think that his parents would have tried to spend some time with them, but the thing is, they would have tried to use that time productively, so that they didn't feel like they were wasting time, which would have translated to training. Because it's easier to say, oh, I'm taking a bit of time off to train my child. And they would have been like, yes, 
that is important for family bonding. And I think Asuma probably got very angry about that eventually. That whenever he saw his parents, they were training him. Oh, no, yeah, okay, that, no, that definitely, because it's like, I'm not just, like, your soldier, like, I'm your kid, kind of. That probably, that probably contributed to his, like... Yeah. I think in the Guardian episode, Asuma did say, I'm trying my best to please you. Mm. But I think, uh, I think he says that, but I, I, for the most part, he probably rankled against everything that was expected of him. And would have, like, low-key been like, I want to meet their expectations, but for the most part was like, no, it's too much. And I hate this, honestly. It's it's kind of sucks. So, like, in reverse of the, like, how would Biwako show affection? Like, how does she hurt other people? You know, how does she get rid not Not necessarily even, like, a physical hurting, but it's like, you know, like, the way that Shikako, like... Oh, you called my brother an idiot. Now I'm going to ruin you with storage seals. You know, like, how would she do something like that? Okay, um, Loki, physically, probably just kunai and chakra scalpels, but mainly of a get-out-of-the-way kind of thing. But there is a lot of just, like, quick stab. I will cut you in the correct place to make you lose the most blood. That good medic training put to work. Yeah, like, she wouldn't have had the flashiest of techniques, but she would have been very effective. Like, she would just kill them. That's it. But, in terms of, like, emotionally hurt people, uh... I think they got married young, or at least they started being Hokage. Like, co-Hokages, pretty young, right? Uh, yes. I think... Like, in terms yeah, of the Hidden timeline. was still a student, or, like, he was still on the... He was still a, a genin on... Team Tobirama, or maybe not a Genin, but he was still on Team Tobirama. Okay, then she wouldn't have had to do much to hurt people. Like, she wouldn't have had to put too much effort into hurting a person, because all the political clout that, say, Shikako has now, she has that behind her, because of her own network of people that she can be like, this person is on the blacklist, and also she has the power of being like, I am the wife of the Hokage, more political maneuvering than like no i don't like i don't have the time to execute like a a scheme of nah man she's too busy she doesn't have the time to cut people down or talk or rant at them or talk to them she is very quick she has something to do next at all times is what i think of her so if she wanted to hurt someone she would probably just wrangle their career a bit, give them bad jobs, maybe send them to bad teachers if she thought that they were bad, like if they thought that they deserved it. But for the most part, she had no time to take things personally. She probably used killing intent a lot just to make people quiet and do what she wanted. And hell, you could even argue that maybe she learned that from Hiruzen or Orach or Snake Lad. Snake Lad learnt it from her, maybe. Okay, use it to shut them up and then tell them what to do and then continue on her way because she is busy. But before, before all that, hmm, as a child, before all that, she's very driven, businesslike. She would have, like, I'm trying, because uh, who she became was all, a lot of it was formed by just being Hokage, wasn't it? Before all that, she probably would have yelled. Yelled and said very hurtful things. 
that were very cutting and to the point. Because she would have had to be very perceptive to do everything she did. That we are saying that she did. She would have had to be able to like see people and plan and do this, be, do that. And be like, this is what's happening. This is what needs to happen. And this is who that person is. So she would have probably used that to hurt people before she became Kohokage. And she had the time to just stand there and try to hurt people and probably had the energy to rant and rave at people. And she probably used that a lot with people who annoyed her or she wanted to hurt during her time as Hokage, but it would have been much less direct because she did have a reputation to uphold and also because it she's she's busy. She has things to do. Who would she have been had she not married Hiruzen? Like she would have been more idealistic. Would she so like she would have like devoted herself to the hospital alone? Yeah, cuz without being she would have devoted herself pretty much basically to the hospital. She would have been a little bit like Erica, probably. Mm. Getting her fingers into as many pies as possible. But she would have had the emotional energy, I suppose, to be more kind and more idealistic and probably to be there more for her children. But she still would have been the same person, but just kinda and less tired but also i think being kohokage probably did put some steel in her spine but made her spine a lot more quiet if you know what i mean so if she had not married hiruzen and she did not need to take advantage of perception the way she did as wife to the hokage she would have been a lot louder that's it for Biwako Sarutobi, who still does not have, like, her own last name, I guess. Uh, we'll figure <laughs> out. Maybe she's a Senju. Maybe she's actually Senju. She's either a Senju or was a small clan yeah, allied Senju with the Senju. Biwako or Biwako of the Senju allied clan or family or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's it for her. And, um... Yeah, we're going to get back to the the roast of Hiruzen Sarutobi after this. Roast that bitch! <laughs> Konohamaru is about mm, five, six years younger than Naruto, correct? Yeah. So that means whatever first child Sarutobi is still alive during this point. Wait, actually, I'm not sure if that's true because Konohamaru is a genin in part two, which is only three years later. So he uh. might only be three years younger than Naruto, in which case, damn it, Kishi, why did you make him look like a four-year-old? That means essentially that, like, First child Sarutobi is still alive at this point. Maybe he dies in like the next three years, but like first child Sarutobi is still alive. Do we does that save Hiruzen at all? Like maybe he was training first child to take over and then he died unexpectedly after Konohamaru. Except was born. I think we'd hear something about them in that case. Well, okay, here's what happened in a short time span. 
Uh, he handed off the hat. He got back the hat. His wife died. His son, Asuma, I don't know when this happened, but he was in the village for the QB attack, so after this, Asuma left. Uh, Orochimaru got discovered and got chased off. Uh, Tsunade and Jiraiya were gone. Well, Jiraiya was still around at that point, but Jiraiya checked out once Minato died. So, Hiruzen did lose a lot in a very short succession. Even if you say, like, he was training his second son for it, then he still only got, like, a year tops and then, like, died. So, okay, I will give sympathy to Hiruzen for all that. Could he have been training, like, first child Sadutobi? For a while, and then Minato was like, you know, the, this war hero, so it's like, okay, we'll give it to him, and then it kind of went No, back. because his first choice was Orochimaru, uh, well, not his first choice, Danzo's first choice was Orochimaru, but yes. one of Haruzin's, Haruzin's second choice after Minato was Orochimaru, and he ultimately only didn't choose Orochimaru for Hokage because he wasn't very popular. And also, creepy human experiments. Yeah. Do you think that was a point of contention, actually? He would have been probably, at least even not consciously, training his children to take over his job, but they still weren't good enough to, like, be a runner, even next to Orochimaru. And that must have hurt, you know? Especially if he's the oldest son, he's there's been at least an expectation that he would take over for his dad, and he's still not as good as that crazy guy who lives in the basement with small children but he had no interaction with. i his sort children. of wonder you know given that i think Hiruzen had a, a, a great capacity for denial and burying his face his, his head in the sand <laughs> i wonder if one of the reasons he didn't start training a successor immediately is because he was still sort of passively hoping that jiraiya or tsunade would come back like without him having to do anything about it mm. oh i strongly believe that oh yeah i can see that it's like hoping the problem would fix itself. It doesn't make it less of a failure on his part, but yes. Well, I no, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously he's in complete denial because what he needed to do was either get, get a firm or yes or no from them. Either yes, you are next in line, or no, you're never going to be next in line, so I need to get another plan. I mean, I thought the whole issue between Jiraiya and Hiruzen was that, like, Hiruzen was like, oh, you'll never be Hokage, essentially, because, like, you're not good enough. And by the time Jiraiya did prove himself good enough, it was like... I don't want it anymore. That is well, Jiraiya's another, Jiraiya's another giant abandoner of responsibility. He's another episode entirely. <sighs> yes, but he learned so much from his teacher. So much in abandoning people and betraying them and breaking promises. <laughs> <laughs> if you just take away Icha Icha. God, it's so harsh, but it's so accurate. Oh, they're both abandoners. I guess that's true, because if you look at Jiraiya as a Hiruzen, not that I super understand what went down with the rain orphans and Akatsuki, but like, he had these kids, and he failed them utterly, and then he disappeared, was like, ah. Nice. Jiraiya is his true heir. Not to mention, he like, fucked off from a war for, how long did he fuck off from the war? I'm pretty sure there was a war going on. Oh, there was. A good number of years in order to train the rain orphans up into something and then abandon them. Okay, well, maybe that's why he didn't get to be Hokage, because he was like, what the hell did you do? We were at war and you just fucked off with some kids you found on the side of the road. You could have just taken them with you. Look, guys, we got to avoid Jiraiya for right now. There's a lot to unpack with that guy. Yeah, so Hiruzen, having failed in improving the village... In finding a successor, in, I guess, being a patriarch of the Sarutobi clan, or even just 
he didn't pass down the things that make the Sarutobi clan the Sarutobi clan, apparently, because no one uses staves or the monkey summon. So just, I guess the idea is like, what did he leave? He left a village, <laughs> like a semi-functioning village. That's true. The village is still there. I think that's about the only thing he can really claim to his, his credit. Like, it could be missed. Canon would it like us to believe that what he left was the will of fire. Ha! The problem is, he did not live the will of fire. He did not, like, his will of fire is bullshit. Yeah, what is the will of fire? Like, it's always thrown around. It's a truck or a focusing technique. We don't know because Haruzen's definition is different than Asuma's. So he didn't even t pass it on to his son. They had different definitions of the will of fire. Doesn't Shikako basically say- Basically, it's to like- live life passionately and with determination and he didn't yeah, it's, do that. Yeah, it's like being yep. focused on a goal. Did he live passionately? Did he have determination? Fuck no. You know, you have a dream, you have a goal, you have an all-consuming mission and it's you know, it's the most important thing in the world and you dedicate yourself to it. That's kind of what I understood the Will of Fire to be. And that I think Chicago says something like that. She does. She says that the Will of Fire is basically can be considered like a a chakra focusing technique because it's almost this like spiritual or religious she said devotion to the idea of like i will protect my comrades i will protect the village i will lay down everything i have and more for this goal well that's her will of fire her will of fire is i will protect well so that's asma in canon his words are that like the will of fire is about protecting the king and he defines the king as like the future the children which is very similar to what Tobirama and Hashirama's Will of Fire is supposed to be. Sakumo and Kakashi's and Obito's Will of Fire is more like protect my comrades. So I just kind of like roll all that together in that you have something related to Konoha that you love and therefore you will give your all for it. And that ends up being like a focusing technique. Yeah. And Horizon didn't have that, really. It's like the, the thing that, that Ibiki says that, uh, that Chicago finds so powerful during her first tune-in exams, the thing about, you know, it may seem like suicide, so you don't think of that. You think of only the mission, only the goal. So it's essentially, it's that phenomenon of, I have something I need to do to the point where, like, I will push past my boundaries. Yes. It doesn't seem like Hiruzen ever does that. Only during that last fight. Nah, man. Nah, man. He didn't do anything. He's just... I'm surprised he was anything resembling a functional person, let alone a functional leader towards the end of it, honestly. Why is he called the God of Shinobi? <laughs> I think he just really impressed people during I'm the sure wars. I'm sure when he was younger. Yeah, when he was very young. Well, I think I think that, you know, we talked before about Jonin being a leadership position, but I think during the wars, we've also talked in the Discord about it being like a one-person army kind of thing. And I think that it's entirely possible that Hiruzen, when he was younger, was a one-man army kind of person. Isn't that DOS canon that, like, field promotions are a thing, but in peacetime you're expected to be kind of a leader? I, I swear Chicago thought, like, exactly that. So it's essentially, like... He chose Minato. I mean, we idealize Minato as he would have been good at his position because he did have, like, the personality for it. He had he, a dream. He probably chose Minato because that's what Hiruzen was. He was that field war He kills time. real good. 
Yeah, he's that good <laughs> weapon of mass destruction that we need. So is there then like this, I guess this sense of like hypocrisy in which like Konoha is meant to be the friendly one, the peaceful one, but like at your head, you have a leader who- Oh, is... that's just PR. That's PR. It's marketing, bro. It's not real. There's an ideological divide. I think that this, the village was founded on certain ideals that never died out entirely, but they also were constantly in conflict with, like, Danzo and his party and the whole, you know, shinobi conservatism kind of thing. So I think that Konoha does really have a core of idealism and belief in a better future, but not everyone believes in it, and it's never been the dominant perspective. Okay, so earlier when I said... Hiruzen, like, Hashirama wanted the village to protect children, and Hiruzen used children to protect the village. I realize there's a better way to say that, and I feel like I stole this from someone on Tumblr. You guys talking made me just realize it. It's, Hiruzen is in his own way, he's not a forward thinker, exactly. Complacency is still his problem. But at least by the time we saw him, he was so averse to war that it wasn't, we need peace to protect the children, it's we need children to protect the peace like peace as a goal became the most important thing to him not protect the village specifically and not peace in the sense of actual safety and stability but peace in the sense of i personally don't have to think about all the killing that's going on yes so he wanted a cold war he didn't want peace yes exactly because root was still conducting war let's see warring clan era and two shinobi wars i can't blame him really for wanting it and there were probably like smaller almost wars like we we're getting this border war with um cloud for ages before it becomes an actual war there were probably a few of those as well you can't blame him for being sick of it you know i think he has two kind of big overriding thematic failures one of them is danzo and you're going to talk about that in the danzo episode but the yep. other one Heck yeah. is basically that he never really came to grips with the fact that he was the wrong hokage yeah Mm. Oof. He shouldn't have been the Hokage. And once once the wars were over, if he won the wars for Konoha, he should have looked at that and said, okay, I don't have a dream for the future. I need to find someone who does and put them in charge. Yes, accurate. As not the right Hokage. You mean like of the six that Toby Rama could have chosen from or just like... He's not a peacetime Hokage. Well, I don't know what the others would have been like besides Danzo, who obviously would have been the worst possible choice. Kagami would have been better. Kagami would have been Kagami, better. I would have liked to know what Kagami would have been like, but I think basically True. my criteria for Akage is they need to have a vision of, and this is partly why you need to change a Kokage or an, any Kage at least like once every generation or two, because they need to be able to see a future beyond the present. And one of the things that happens, like I don't think, I don't think it's an accident that it's the kids who grow up in this space between wars, like the the, the Konoha nine the or children twelve of or whatever peace, it is. Chicago calls yeah, them in they, canon. They didn't grow up at war with other nations in their lifetime, so they find it easier to imagine a world where people from other nations can be friends, you know, uh, possible romantic interests, people, you know, neighbors. And the thing is that that's one of the things like generational change does. And one of the things you try to do for the next generation is build a world where they can imagine things you couldn't because you are still mired in the stuff that happened while you were growing up. So you build a world where they get a, they get a better place to look from. 
and then they can see things you can't and then you pass it to them and they try to do the same thing so Hiruzen never did that he never stepped back and said okay the kids that were born and raised in my Konoha can see things that I can't see and I need to give it to them do you think he realized that you could step down from that position though like until the very end do you think he realized he could just leave he didn't have to die with the hat because everybody else died with the hat Minato he tried passing it on already yeah he tried but that was after a good long while wasn't it yeah that was how many years like it would have been like roughly 50 40 years before we move on to that can i say something more indirect to what i think it was teapot was just saying yes that was me yeah go for it i don't think you realize it but i think you just gave heroes in a point um (laughs) because before you were going i was about to say or in the middle of what you were saying, I was going to say something like Hiruzen's dream for the future, or his problem was that his dream for the future was like the peace they were in. Like he couldn't think beyond that to a better or more permanent peace. But as you just eloquently laid out, that peace did allow the next generation to grow up to actually uh, change things and be able to imagine a better peace than what they had. So like that is a, a slight point for him. He kept the village standing long enough that other people could do it better later, I guess. That's the best. Yeah. Well, he kept it standing and at peace, specifically, for that generation to come of age. At Cold War. At peace as far as they were aware, since they never had to step outside the village. At peace for the more privileged kids. Not so much at peace for the kids who were inducted into Root or anything, but... Alright, valid. Oh, rough. Yep. He really should have handed the, the hat off to Sonade earlier, though. Oh, yes. Because, oof, things would be so different. Things would be so better. So Hiruzen became Hokage when he was rather young. He became Hokage on the um, battlefield, right? Yes. So, and everybody before him had died with the hat. Do you think he ever expected to live as long as he did? And No. He probably had to build a lot of who he was and who he was expected to become around Hokage which was something that Hiroshima probably never had to do because Hokage was something that Did he made. Did you just made. call it Hiroshima? It's okay. Names names don't mean anything. It doesn't it doesn't matter, but for a second I was doubting myself. I was like, "Wait, shit, have I had this wrong in my head all these years?" Okay, okay sorry. Okay, Hashirama. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it a thing. I was doubting myself. Anyway, so do you guys have opinions on that on how he was basically raised uh, well, no, he became an actual legit person as Okage. What t- what age were they again? They couldn't have been... 25? They were like mid-late teens or like... He was definitely younger than 20. Hold on. I'll look it up on Silver Queen's... Silver Queen's timeline is the only timeline. He, yeah, so he was definitely younger than 20. Or at least that's what it always seemed because it was like he was still on the squad with... The rest of Team Tobirama, when sent back as, like, you're now Hokage, I'm gonna go protect all of you. Which is, I'm gonna be honest, uh, I don't want to say it was, like, I mean... It was stupid. That was a very rushed decision. It was dumb, it but, was, like... It was as incredibly stupid as Minato sacrificing his own life when he was desperately needed as the leader of the village. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was definitely a plot thing. Okay, he didn't need to die, but he did need to die because plot. Anyway, yes. So, Silver Queen, and now the timeline, especially from this era, is just 
a mess. Literally all of it's the things that we're told cannot be true. But Silver Queen did her best to straighten them out. So as far as what is canon for Dreaming of Sunshine, uh, with year zero being the year Konoha is founded, uh, Saratobi and his cohort are listed as being born eight years before the village is founded. And with the best approximation that... Hashirama probably died eight years after the village was founded and Tobirama died like five years after that. So it's around four... Actually, that doesn't make sense because it should be the other war. So between 10 and 15 years plus between five and 10 years. So there were between 15 and 25 when he became Hokage. I had always gotten the feeling that it was like early 20s, but I have no idea where I got that from. Because of the flashback, that's kind of how they look, like late teens, early 20s. I figured late teens. Definitely younger than 25. Oh, yeah. He was Hokage. He was possibly Hokage before Tsunade and them were even born. Like, and if he wasn't, he was at least Hokage before they were five years old. Okay, so there's definitely a case to be made where he just can't really comprehend not being Hokage. Yes. Even if he doesn't like the job, even if he can't do the job all that well, all things considered. Yes. Yeah. I don't think he ever really thought about not being Hokage until very later on. I think you have on. a really good point there that part of his inertia may have been that he just, well, it's failure of imagination again. He couldn't imagine getting out of the box he'd been put into. Because it almost feels like it's an upward promotion. You go from Genin to Chunin to Jonin. And for him, there was just like an extra level and he just stayed there. Like, he didn't see anything further to do. Like, once he reached the rank of Hokage, he didn't see it as like a platform. Which then brings up the point, how devastating do you think it must have been that he tried to retire? And then it just didn't work. It ended, it's not really like logical, but it ended in disaster. And he could have somewhat blamed himself for that, I guess, in like a weird abstract way that you never really acknowledge. But also he tried to hand it off and it just ended It's interesting so that he did at some point, possibly under a lot of pushing from other people, eventually get to the idea of, oh, I can be the retired statesman and leave it to a younger hands. I mean, he did get there somehow. Yeah, after like 50 years. And then he lost his successor, all three of his students, his wife, and both of his sons all within like two years. Like I could see why that period of he just tried to hand it off was kind of a crapshoot. Like giving it up the hat must have been a really big thing for him. And it probably must have been very hard. But then it would have also become, I imagine, a sort of a point of pride for him. Like, I was able to accomplish this thing that no other Hokage before me was able to do, which was have a very long reign and then hand it off to somebody young and very much in power and with a semi-stable village to come to rather than a village in the middle of a war, which is what he had. And then it just doesn't work. It all goes to hell. <laughs> very quickly. Very quickly, since he was six months, right? Yes. Six months, rough. Yeah. So looking at the timeline actually makes me realize, so the first possible date that Hiruzen became Hokage, he would have been like 16 and Konoha would have been founded like eight years ago. And so there's this thing that- That makes no sense. Yeah. Well- That's like the very minimal for every possible- Yes. So that's the minimal, but 
um, there's this thing in political science where they've done like years and years of studies. And basically they're saying if you're trying to implement a new form of government, in particular democracy, it doesn't work unless it's lasted for at least 10 years of stable handoffs. He became Okage eight years. This this whole village thing was still an experiment. Like they had not even reached the 10 year mark. And he was very young, and he, then he became the leader. None of those handoffs were stable. It was like, oh god, you died. Shit. We don't know what happened to Hashirama. And then Tobirama, like, went out in the most traumatic way for his students possible in the middle of a war. So, yeah. So, I guess in Hiruzen's weak defense, he was thinking probably that he had to die in order to pass it off. And then he just kept being alive. <laughs> and that probably bewildered him to the point where it's like, when do I pass this off? So he missed his window of time. To die. He lived through three great shinobi wars. He was like, why am I not dead yet? Who's gonna be Hokage? <laughs> because um, the people before him were at Hashirama and Tobirama. So like, those two were very powerful and they died like almost immediately after getting the hat. Not as immediately as Minato, but almost immediately. So you probably expected to die fairly soon you know, in defense of the village and all that, and then he just didn't. So that would have been weird. Uh, but also, wouldn't it have given people around him a, se a very good sense of stability? That this one guy is just not dying? Accurate. That may also yeah. be why he's the god of shinobi, that, you know, leaders of villages don't last through that many wars and that much conflict and, and just keep well, going. there's the rock, the rock side. What are they? I think that... Hiruzen being old and special was a thing part one was trying to set up, except then part two, like, introduced the Iwa Kage, I can never pronounce that, Suchi Kage, yeah. who's super old. It introduced Hanzo, who is super old, and the person, the samurai guy, it introduced all the council members. Like, it then contradicted itself because it introduced, like, ten people that were as old as or older than Hiruzen and were more badass. Which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I think that was a Shippuden sin. It wasn't what the yeah. part one was trying to set up. Yeah, Shippuden. But they were scattered throughout the whole continent. That's like ten old people through the whole continent. There's at least three of them who live in the village There's with him. four of them in Konoha. Danzo, Hiruzen, and then his two council elders. Homura and Kohara. Danzo, I'm not sure really that Danzo is human. He doesn't yeah, really but count. Homura Homura and Koharu. There's a sort of important thematic difference between the system is shit because it's run by all of these old men who think this is just the way things are and so they've been perpetuating what they grew up with and the system is shit because it keeps everyone keeps dying and so every new generation is just traumatized and flailing and doing the same things over and over again. I mean, you can get some of the similar kinds of chaos. Which was the status quo in Warring Clans era. Yeah, that was more the Warring Clans era where everyone keeps dying like flies and and uh, and I guess Danzo sort of supports the theme of the reason everything is shit is because these old men just keep making things be shit the same way they're familiar with. Oh, I thought you meant him as a character supported that. And I was like, no, the opposite. I have a topical I love dreaming of sunshine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hiruzen. Yeah. So to be topical, but also continue like on dreaming of sunshine. So one of the things DOS did for me is that it helped me understand Hiruzen. Because in particular, like, so I'll try not to go too much into the Danzo stuff, but it's related. But Hiruzen's treatment of Danzo and especially of uh, Orochimaru made no sense to me. Because in canon, the, like, 
the parallels that are trying to be set up is like Haruzen and Danzo, Jiraiya and Orochimaru, and Sasuke and Naruto. But the problem is, in canon, like, Sasuke's a piece of shit. Like, he and Naruto, he, he starts out fine, but he and Naruto get like two months together. We see them on one mission before everything starts falling apart. And so I don't, like, the whole arc of the show is Naruto breaking the cycle of Jiraiya and Hiruzen's failures with their teammates to bring Sasuke back, but I never understood, like, that drive. And so, but something that Dreaming of Sunshine did for me is it put Shikako in Orochimaru and Danzo's places. Oh, yeah. In that parallel. Yes. Because she's the one that keeps secret. She's the one that looks at her teammates and says, this looks like you're just going to have to trust me that this thing that seems bad or sketchy or secretive is fine. And they do. And we know because we're in her head that she has honest intentions. But like, can you honestly say that if you saw that if Kakashi walked in on Chicago surrounded by human experiments, that he wouldn't hesitate the same way Hiruzen did with Orochimaru. Like, I understand why Hiruzen let Oro was able to let Orochimaru run away, because I think Kakashi would do the same thing. He would be too stuck on, this is a mistake, I'm misunderstanding, she's being framed, something. There has to be a reason, a good reason for this, and it's like, is there, though? Like, we know because... We know. But it's like, from the outside, we see her, like, she's very quiet in the academy, and then all of a sudden, shoots up the ranks, she's suddenly like a ceiling prodigy, she can survive things that no one else should be able to survive, she can somehow take on multiple Jonin at once, and she was like, a Genin half a second ago like yep but i would actually argue that there's there's lots of evidence that people can actually see that chikako is a very different kind of person than orochimaru and danzo were i think that if you look at the kunoichi club if you look at the way she trains with and and teaches other uh other konohanin that she has a very lived ethic of strengthening and helping and comforting oh, absolutely. Her, her comrades. And the thing is, I think that is what builds the faith that if someone walked in on Chicago, if one of her beloved comrades walked in on her in some very shady circumstances, they would be able to say... Um, like trying to murder Danzo? Just throwing that out there. If they walked in on her trying to murder a councilman, they would probably take her side and assume she has good reasons. They would think this is not, you know, thinking of this as an evil action is not consistent with the Chicago I know. And the thing is, I don't think we have any evidence that Danzo and Orochimaru were similarly helpful to their fellow human beings. I agree with that. <laughs> wow. But yeah. No, I mean, if they had family, if they had family, would they invite their teammates over for dinner? This is very important. If they had, had parents, would they have invited their teammates for dinner? I think Orochimaru could have been... Because, I mean, his whole deal was that he was an orphan before he became Genin. So then his only moral compass or lack thereof was his teacher... Hiruzen, who failed him. Oh, God. And arguably also Danzo, who kind of got creepy and was like, hey, smart child, you want to experiment on other children for me? Yeah. So, like, I think there was a point that Orochimaru could have been similar, not necessarily in the same, like, warm kind of, like, I'll come for you when you're sad, but he did have... I, I don't know how canon this is, but, like, I thought his first Genin team was... Nawaki's team or like he was their like Joni leader during the war like I think there was some level of like 
he was he had teams before the Anko Genin team disaster, but like I it was my understanding that he was a leader in some sense in terms of that. And he could have yeah. So to clarify, we don't know that he was Nawaki's teacher. We know that he was on the mission where Nawaki died and was probably some sort of war leader. I would just like to clarify that the analogy I was making, I don't want to say that Shikako looks like Danzo from the outside. Uh, I mean, you could people that are farther away from her wouldn't see it. I think you're right. There's a good reason Tsunade trusts her enough to be her guard and to redo the police academy and to look at, you know, Orochimaru's notes. Like, Tsunade clearly sees more of the good things in her than not. But I do think that you could consider, so think about how much Anko looked up to Orochimaru, how much all of the top people in sound truly believed and, and like, loved Orochimaru. And sort of the same thing for many root agents and their loyalty to Danzo. That wasn't all brainwashing. They both clearly have some sort of charisma about them. And so I could definitely see, especially in their younger years, their teammates and teachers, like, creating this image of them in their head such that they looked at their secretive but still wonderful, still person that has saved me at my worst and helped me become my best teammate or student and look and see them the way Kakashi or Sasuke or Naruto would see Chicago, where they just have utter trust in them way beyond reason. I think you're right that the, that the teammate bond or identifying with them, I mean, you know, in real life, people do absolutely, you know, defend their loved ones and their friends, even their acquaintances, when they've done terrible things, just because they can't re reconcile, you know, this person who I felt strongly for and felt good things about can't be bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I mentioned before, Hiruzen was basically Orochimaru's only guiding force when he was younger. And I think there's some level of... Hiruzen sort of acknowledges that Orochimaru's sins or, like, dysfunction is... Okay, he, he doesn't claim all of it, but, like, at least partially is his failure as a teacher. And I don't know if there's ever... Because he dies before Donzo's, like, utter bullshit gets pulled out into the light, but... Does he acknowledge his other failures or, like... Does he realize? Like, is there any point where he realizes what he's doing? I don't think he ever understands how much he failed Tsunade. But did he recognize, like, some no. level of failure? No. Or Naruto. I don't think he realizes how badly he failed Naruto, either. I think he realizes, like, on a wider scale that he has not done as good as he can. But, like, on a personal level, I don't think he realizes pretty much any of his failures, except for Snake Lad, who was very obvious about every single way that Hiruzen has failed. But, um, on a personal scale, like, Danzo, even his relationship with his old teammates, like, all the ways that everything has gone wrong, his family, blah, 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 I don't think he, like, either properly realized it or admitted that it just got so bad because of his own actions or his own Yeah, inaction. he's a responsibility dodger. Well, it doesn't help that the narrative dodges that responsibility for him. The narrative doesn't seem to notice the way he's failed. Yeah. So how could he? Yeah. Also, he dies before he gets any real character development, which yep. doesn't help. I still am kind of struck by our earlier discussion of how Jiraiya ended up being his, his heir. His heir in, like, failing everyone and not realizing it. Yep. Yep. Like, we can say maybe he was coming to the realization that 
everything, everybody he knew, all the personal relationships he had were strained and not very fulfilling or enriching on either side, but he never quite got there. I feel like that would have been a really big leap for a guy like him, especially since he already seemed to be in like a very special sort of depressive spiral. So anything would have just been like, ugh. I think his deeply unhealthy coping mechanism for his terrible depression during his second term was basically leave it to Danzo. <laughs> Smoke and, and and zone out. That's a horrible oh, life boy. choice. Especially because Danzo had tried to assassinate him at that point. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll save this for the Danzo episode. Yes, yes. Was there any sense of second chances that he missed obviously he was trying real hard with konohamaru but it didn't manifest itself well in the terms of i'm gonna make up my failures as a father by like being a good grandfather i think as hokage he had the opportunity to make change yeah every single day every single day he could have made the choice to change to do this to do that like oh let's do you guys have royal commissions right let's do a royal commission into the education system let's make sure everything's going okay oh whoops it's not oh hey i think i should talk to tsunade it's been a while let's just go send a messenger to make sure she's like alive and kicking maybe send her a letter about how much i love and support her something Actually, like that even more than a letter i think one of the things he could have done if he didn't feel up to fixing any of it i think he could have searched out tsunade himself in person maybe like with an anbu escort and in disguise and come to her and personally said to her, I was wrong, Konoha needs your vision. Or at the very least, I'm so fucking sorry that you felt the need to like do this with your life. I failed yeah. you so bad. So not necessarily that there were second chances he missed, but that he could have made his own opportunities and he failed to do so. Yeah, basically he had so much power. He was Hokage. Who was going to stop him? If he wanted to make changes to the academy, to the hospital, to the Jenin Corps, to anything. He had so much paperwork. Bitch, fuck off. That paperwork was fake. He had the opportunity to make these changes. And I mean, whatever he did, Danzo would have pushed back, but then he would have had the opportunity to deal with Danzo. No, Danzo could have pushed back, but the fact is Danzo is not the Hokage. Danzo does not really have any power over him except in an emotional sense. Well, unless he was brainwashed, which he might have been. He might have been. He might have been. I'll give if you that. If we go back to the Chicago analogy, if Naruto ever tried to kill Chicago, she would take a long, hard look at herself and be like, what did I do wrong that Naruto feels this way about me? Hiruzen neither decided that that he was wrong or that Danzo was wrong. Like, one, he should have taken action Boy, against one if of Naruto them. ever actually tried to kill her, she would break down, okay? She'd be like, what the hell am I doing? How'd I get here? Naruto was like the exactly. epitome of morals in this fucked up world. What did I do? Well, actually, I think she'd go straight to who brainwashed him. No, also that. Unless it was very obvious that he was doing it from his own will, she would be like, what the hell's wrong with you? She would just be like, what's wrong, Naruto? So it should have been a wake-up call for Hiruzen when his own teammate sent assassins. Yeah, but Hiruzen didn't do that. He neither questioned himself nor Danzo about why Danzo tried to have him killed, and he should have done at least one of those things, not zero. Yeah, that's one of his moments of the most baffling passivity. I mean, we can say that, oh, maybe he went and looked it up afterwards, but we never see any of that, and it never gets even, like, talked about. 
at all. So we can't make that assumption. We all, we just have to take what's there at face value and be like, he never did a fucking yeah. thing. Well, which is kind of a, maybe this needs to get cut and move somewhere else because my brain's all over the place. But that's like sort of another strength of DOS is like, the narrative actually matches up with what Chicago sees. Like, at, at Haruzan's funeral, I remember her thinking, like, she's sad that he died, but otherwise she's kind of like, well, he was an old guy that didn't do anything in particular important. And if when you contrast that to how she feels about Tsunade, who is an inspiration from the moment she walks in, but also, like, continues doing all these reforms and caring and just things that Chicago can say are active and that she admires. No, she low-key lived in absolute fear when Hiruzen was in charge, okay? Like, she lives in fear now, but she did not trust Hiruzen with a single thing. Yeah, I'd trust Tsunade, but five years ago it wouldn't have been Tsunade in charge, right? We have direct from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Like, she probably cared about him as, like, a person who she's seen about the village and as somebody that Naruto really cares about. I even brought up my argument that Hirsen is, like, basically a tragic figure, though. At least he's more interesting when you look at him as a tragic figure. Yeah, that makes sense. Rather than just, like, completely incompetent. Or if he was a person, he was terrible. But if you think of him as not a person, then he was sad. <laughs> okay. Wow, think of him as not a person. <laughs> if you think of him as, like, like, a symbol of a time long past then it's like, you feel sympathetic for him. But if you think of him as a person who had opportunities to act and fix things and didn't, then he's just like, oh, wow, we hate him, so... I think of him as sort of a thematic space in between the the people who are actively trying to destroy the world, like Danzo and Madara and that whole, you know, the... the and pain and, the, like, the... The evil megalomaniacs who want to destroy the world are in one thematic space, and then you have the the kids who want to build the world into something new in a different thematic space. And then somewhere in the middle, you have the ninja adults who failed their children catastrophically, but didn't actually try to destroy the world. Oh, they did it so bad. I think that there was a lot of opportunity wasted with Hiruzen in terms of what he could have been for the story because they killed him off too quick and they didn't really give him any character development but if they had like actually built him up as somebody who started out very strong and perhaps very bright but then was just worn down by the world and having to be a leader he could have been a very interesting and you would have really felt something other than a complete exasperation Every single time he did anything, okay? Because you see him do something and you're just like, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? Okay, the fucking envelope of money for the two-year-old, three-year-old kid. Don't spend it all. Fucking Christ. Like, you had, you had opportunity to do something with him because he's, he comes from a very specific time and he was there for so long. You could have done something with that and instead it's just like, yeah. So failure across the board, that is the verdict on Yeah, Toby. failure as a Hokage, failure as a teacher, failure as a family man. Yep. Failure as an administrator and a war leader. His ultimate, I guess, sin is complacency and... Not being able to think beyond what's already there and beyond his own little yeah. box in life. 
lack of imagination yeah and lack of lack of a a cause to dedicate himself to motivation he has no drive he has no imagination and he has so what the hokage lacks is the will of fire whoa okay okay we're ending it there we're ending it there okay that was good that was brilliant in conclusion Peters and Sarutobi lacks the will of fire. Thank you for joining me, Shelf and Purple and Math, who is fire alarming somewhere. I hope her house is okay. Yeah, definitely also. So thanks for joining me here on Sunshine Symposium. We'll, we'll check with Math, but uh, if you want people to find you on the internet, where should we send them? Validate me on DOS fan arts. That's that Tumblr? Yeah, that's the Tumblr. I mean, I should probably make more because I don't know how much longer Tumblr is going to be alive, but we'll see. It's it's still functioning. How about you, Purple? Where can people, if you want them to? Well, obviously I, I hang out on the, the Dreaming of Sunshine Discord quite a bit. I'm Purple Teapot here on Discord, and I'm Kiege on uh, Dreamwit. And on Tumblr, but I don't really use my Tumblr for anything but reblogging cat pictures. Yeah, I'm Shelf on Discord as well, and I will eventually, eventually get a dream with. I keep forgetting to do it. I think I gotta do that too. Join us. Yeah, and I will get maths. Yeah, just edit math in. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit at maths in right now. My name is Math is Magic. Sometimes that's all one word, sometimes there are hyphens in between math is magic. But that's the username you should be able to find me on, on discord tumblr fanfiction.net and archive of our own you'll know it's me because either it'll be a bunch of dreaming of sunshine stuff referenced or i'll have a math and or purple icon or something like that i think there's supposed to be like a fic rec thing at the end positive saratobi focused there's this badass saratobi fix community on fanfiction.net i'll put that link I don't know, in the doobly-duke. There's also a fic called The Professor that I have never read, but that keeps getting recommended on the DOS forums as, uh, I think it's on Space Battles or or something, but it really is a thing from, like, Saratobi's perspective and shows him kind of taking charge and doing things better than he could have done in canon. Finally, the one that I actually have read. So the best fic recommendation I have for Saratobi is not actually... Sarutobi centric. It's a Kakashi and Guy and Naruto centric uh, fic called Family's Just Another Word for Something Left to Lose by Chronotical. The focus is on Kakashi taking in a young Naruto with Guy's help. It's really emotional for those family feels. But what I really like Sarutobi wise is that at the beginning it's sort of a sympathy it's probably the most sympathetic but still in character portrayal I've seen of Haruzen. Basically, it shows him and all his faults and not being able to take care of Naruto, but also kind of gives him a little bit of off of he knows that the way Naruto is being treated is wrong and he feels his hands are tied. And so his only option is to sort of manipulate, now that Kakashi is interested, sort of manipulate things as best he can so Kakashi can deal with the problem. Um, anyways, I really liked it. I thought it was a good mix of him being, like, stern and, and true to his canon actions, but still somewhat, you could at least understand what he was thinking, even if you didn't agree with him. Okay. The magic of audio editing. Yeah, the the magic of audio editing. That, wow, thanks, math. Cool. So I feel like this was a 
very productive roasting. I think we were more fair than we expected to be to, like, his situation. Oh, I don't know. I feel like everything I said was he failed, he failed, he failed. So, well, it, I mean, that was fair because he did, so... <laughs> Yeah, he did fail. We were very kind in calling him a failure, but we did call him a failure. <laughs> and before we finish, special thanks to Lost Lanes for our cover art, the amazing Silver Queen, and to you, fellow fans listening. Keep on dreaming. This has been Sunshine Symposium. <laughs>